0: Geopolitics and Empire is joined by America's most experienced combat correspondent and one of the youngest people ever to successfully complete Green Beret training. Michael Yon has traveled or worked in 83 countries, including various wars and conflicts. Uh, You can find him at MichaelYon.com. That's Y-O-N. Welcome to Geopolitics and Empire, Michael.
1: Thank you. I'm here in Mannheim, Germany, near the BASF chemical plant, which is a massive chemical plant. I came here because they produce fertilizer. And that fertilizer is being production is being curtailed because Nord Stream One, that gas from Russia that Germany so cleverly is dependent upon, is being shut down today. It's at twenty two percent, and so places like BASF and just the electricity in general are threatened. And as you know, with the fertilizer, the flash to bang on on the results of that are kind of slow, right? So when there's not enough natural gas for heating which we're going to be in the it's in the summertime here now of course when the northern hemisphere I'm in Germany but uh you know we're it's not long from now it's going to be the depths of winter in Germany which is quite cold and about half of the homes in Germany use natural gas to heat with right and so uh and so right now they're collecting wood out in the forest you know in Germany you're not allowed to collect your own wood you know you have to have a specialist collect your wood for you and so there's a waiting list for collecting wood in Germany now, right? Um, but uh, many of the people live in apartment buildings. They don't have fireplaces to begin with. And so they're, they're setting up what they call heating islands now. So like school gymnasiums or whatever. So that when the winter time comes, many people can go and warm up. You can't even make up this stuff. So this is one of the most advanced, richest countries in the world. And they're looking at freezing this winter due to just horrific policies, they can blame it on Russia or whatever, but it was a long step, series of steps that got them into this situation, such as depending on Russia to begin with, when they knew better than that, Trump warned them. I mean, you can see him on video around the long table in Europe talking with Germans and others going, you know, why are you getting your gas from the country that you, you know, that you, you is your enemy? And, and well, look, what's happening now. I mean, you know, but you should see that video if you haven't seen it where Trump is actually at the table in Europe talking about the gas. you of course, people are looking at Trump like, well, you're just the dumb American. It's like, well, here we are. Now you're looking at a cold winter, uh, literally, which could lead to famine. Right. Uh, and probably will. I mean, at this point, BASF, the plant, massive plant, not far from me here is just, uh, I mean that the, the, they have been making fertilizer in this area since what about 100 years ago right now the Haber-Bosch process which was created by Fritz Haber who was a German chemist more than 100 years ago roughly 110 years ago he created this process by use to use natural gas and burn it with air to make ammonia and then make ammonium ammonium nitrate and, and to make uh, urea and other things that are used in agriculture and other processes, right? And so this is an incredibly important uh, project, uh, a chemical process for humankind. I mean, that's one of the reasons, credited, that we have billions more people than we did back then, is because we have this process to make this nitrogen-based fertilizers. And Bosch, by the way, in the Haber-Bosch process, Bosch was also a German chemist. He's the one that kind of brought this Corporate, brought the Haber process, corporate, that's why they called the Haber-Bosch process. And that all happened right down the road from me more than 100 years ago. And now it's a massive plant. It's unbelievable. It's on the Rhine River. And, um, and anyway, so now we're looking at that being shut down. Uh, but the, again, the flash to bang is very slow on that. So right now, there's still plenty of food, mostly in the world, more or less, you know. And, but it's clearly the, you know, the, uh, the, the, the food production is clearly on the sharp decline for many reasons, almost all of which are policy reasons. There are some droughts, uh, for instance, in the United States, quite severe in California and Texas, and then over in parts of Italy, uh, you know, Italy as well, uh, in parts of Europe, droughts, and there's droughts in Africa, there's always droughts, but we can work through those if we had good policy we would just go, wow, it's a terrible drought. That's not good, but not a big deal. We're going to have to pay extra this year or the next year, whatever. And But we'll work through it. Nobody's going to starve to death and not even come close. But that's not how this is shaping up to be. We're shaping up to, we're going into clearly going into global famines, which will affect everybody. It will affect Mexico and the United States and Canada and all of South America. It's going to affect basically everybody on earth, Unless you live way deep out in the jungle somewhere, right? Uh, for instance, you know, in the depths of New Guinea, maybe if you're out there hunting with poison darts, you might be okay. But if you live in cities around the world, you're going to feel it. So anyway, that's why I'm here. Well, yesterday I was over in Netherlands. I've been out with the farmers quite a lot, and here I wanted to come over and check out the BASF plant. Uh, just, um, just the atmospherics. I mean, you can, you know, I lived in Germany for four years. And I I speak German. And and it's interesting, since I've been all over this country before, one of the ways I would often uh, tell people, uh, explain uh, Germany to people is very clean and very safe. But now it's not very clean. And it doesn't feel safe, actually. And there's graffiti all over the place, there's trash all over the place. Uh, It's just not the Germany I was at before. And so yeah, this 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 is a country clearly in decline and um, and it's all from policy had nothing to do with strikes by lightning and God. Right. I mean, it's just policy. God's shined on Germany. You know what I mean? It's like there's no there's no way to blame God for this. This is all just letting in millions of migrants while the country's economy is going down, while we're going into food uh, shortages is just. Not a smart idea. Meanwhile, next door over in Netherlands, where I just spent almost a month, I was just out in Mexico actually, and then I saw that the farmers in Mexico were having hitting the streets in protest. So I flew to Netherlands, right? And uh and you know, when you see farmers acting up, like if you see Mexican farmers start to to close roads or something with their tractors or something, you need to stop what you're doing and go talk with them and say, What's wrong? I mean, because farmers don't like to waste time. In every country I go to, farmers make the most sense. You know what I mean? They're just common sense people. They work hard. If they're stupid, they won't be a farmer long. You know what I mean? I mean, farmers are special people. So anytime I see farmers acting up, I'm going to go up and walk over and say, what's wrong, man? Why did you set stuff on fire in the middle of the road? You know what? I mean, because, you know, these aren't people that just do that. They work hard. They have to sleep at night. They, they, if they, if they, they can't just take a week off, they don't work in Starbucks. They can't just take a week off and go block the road. They got to take care of the cows. They got to take care of the corn. And, and so when I'm seeing this in Germany, seeing it in Poland and Italy, seeing it in the United States and here and over in Netherlands, I just left them in Germany now. Uh, you know, that's why I jumped on the airplane. And, and it's clear that, for instance, the the globalist, the World Economic Forum um, and the whole cabal of globalists is trying to run the farmers out of business and it, they're open about it. Now, they'll, they'll use excuses. It's about greenhouse gases or something else. It's interesting because one of the reasons they want to take the land here or over in Netherlands is uh, because the farmers own about 62 percent of the land in Netherlands. Pretty big chunk. And. Uh, And and, and the globalists want to make something called tri-state city. Tri-state city is this giant proposed city, 30 to 40 million people, between Belgium, Germany, and Netherlands. That's the tri-state, right? The three countries. And, And the city is just this giant smart city where they're going to know everything that you do, right? Everything that you do, right? And so it's interesting if the globalists actually believe their global warming and the seas rising ideas Why would they build it in Netherlands, which is at sea level mostly or below, right? You wouldn't build your super city, your ultra city, and invest hundreds of billions of dollars at a minimum into it if you thought it was going to be flooded, if you really thought that this was real. You know what I mean? So a lot of the the things when you really just look at what they're doing compared to what they say, it's like clearly and obviously just Mm -hmm. lunacy that they use to – to to get compliance on their many policies, for instance, taking control of the food production and food distribution systems, which is what's happening, right? Anyway, I'll go on for hours.
0: A message from our sponsors. It seems we may be headed for the 1930s all over again, financial collapse, tyranny, and world war. I've already secured multiple passports, offshore accounts, safe havens, and escaped to the sunnier shores of Mexico. My friend Michael Thorup of the Expat Money Show is hosting the Expat Money Summit with 30-plus experts that will help you reclaim freedom in this fourth turning by moving your life and wealth offshore. Themes include securing your Plan B bug-out location, banking offshore, reducing your tax burden legally, storing precious metals, getting another passport, and more. Protect yourself and secure a new life abroad. Register now for free at expatmoneysummit.com or don't and enjoy surviving on insect protein while stuck in the metaverse. And don't forget to fund geopolitics and empire. You can leave a donation except on Patreon or PayPal, which have banned us book a consultation or become a member. I just wanted to get your further thought on that because you just gave a, a, a fantastic interview to, uh, Jordan uh, Peterson, and you were sort of touching on some of these things, and I, I sort of wanted to take a step back and for, for you to give us uh, your sort of uh, thirty thousand foot macro view on uh, the glo- the globalists as you see them, this great reset, and you, you mentioned uh, as well. I'm obsessed about this. Their push for world government because uh, it, it seems like this is what they're trying to do uh, globally. And you mentioned this uh, smart city in the Netherlands, and recently you've probably seen uh, in in Neom in Saudi Arabia. They unveiled a video. I think they're trying to do something similar with this line that goes through the desert in Saudi Arabia, where they pack everyone into this like uh, control grid and then in, in the Netherlands. And it seems like that's their model uh, for the future. So, um, you know, w- what are some of your further thoughts on the globalists and this Great Reset uh, project and, and how you see, you know, the, them carrying this out and, and, you know, whether you're optimistic or, or pessimistic?
1: That's clearly, I mean, they're open about it. So we don't have to guess. We don't have to infer. And they're not implying anything. They're saying it. They're saying that that's what they want to do. It's, I mean, basically, we're going into a position where they want to make us their cattle or their serfs. We, we, are what, we are part of their farm products. And that's why they want to, they don't care about taking the, the, the food security from the farmers because they don't care about national security. They don't care about Netherlands. They don't care about the United States. These are globalists, right? And they want complete control over their cattle. Their cattle are us, right? They want to have complete control of food production in factories. There's restaurants around here. I was in one a couple of nights ago. They print, 3D print meat. You can't even make up this stuff, man. It's like nasty you know what i mean and so they sell it in restaurants 3d they got a printer look up on youtube you can see it It even puts you know makes it look like it's marbled you know part of it's like fat and all that it's it's sickening and so you know in the beetle factories and all these sorts of things so if you if you can pull all of your people into these cities which communists have tried this you know mao uh you know did it in china um stalin worked on the same thing in the soviet union and for instance in Ukraine, uh, you know, if you can pull all the people into the cities, and then just have your farm production on these massive farms, you know, by basically huge farms, or in, in, in the way it's going now, in uh, factories, factory produced food, and uh, then you're in control. You control the food supply and the distribution. And in these smart cities, there is nothing you're going to be able to do that they're not going to know everything. You'll have Chips and that sort of thing, right? You, everything you buy, will go. You know, here's your carbon footprint or whatever the footprint is of the day in twenty years. You know, and so no, you're you're doing too much so and so. You know, not sleep or something. You know what I mean? They can do they can do whatever they want. They'll be in complete control. And what are you going to do? Say no, I'm not going to do it. They'll be like, okay, no food for you. You know, uh you know, it, it's that it's that simple. And, and and it's clear that they are highly authoritarian, the globalist. And uh, I mean, look pushing these death vaxes on people the fake vaccines, those things are causing unknown amounts of destruction. We know that they're killing people. We know that they're causing damage to people and they're continuing and, they're, and the globalists are still trying to cover this up the best they can. And, you know, they've done a pretty fair job. There's still people that line up to get it. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, there's always, Going to be that, but I mean, but the bottom line is that the 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 complete and utter control over all of humanity is what they're shooting for. more and more of us are awake to it now, which creates problems for them because they're not omnipotent and they're not omniscient they don't know everything, and they don't have a magic wand to do anything they want. They are very powerful and they are very smart, but we've gone against very powerful and very smart enemies before and put them in the grave. you know I mean so the i mean not, you know, Hitler was very powerful and very smart, you know, and so Saddam Hussein, right? I mean, there's been a lot like this. And, and so, I mean, it's very clear that I call it August, the occupying government of the United States is underneath the, 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 the globalist Like, obviously, Biden is not the quote unquote president. He's just some glove. He's a, he's a glove that's being used for the crime. Same as Trudeau. Trudeau is just a, a dirty glove. And when, and when they're finished with Trudeau and Mark Rutte, the prime minister of Netherlands, they'll just throw them out. Let's change the glove and throw them in the trash. Oh, no, that was you know, Trudeau that made those mistakes. Next glove. You know, And then they'll use the next person to further their policies and throw him or her away. You know, people like Trudeau, the, you know, the useful idiots is what the communists always call them. Uh, they're always disposable in the end. Uh, they might not think that they are, but do you really want somebody as stupid as Mark Trudeau on your ship? I mean, or, or uh, Justin Trudeau, I'm sorry, and Mark Rutte from from Netherlands. He's equally dense. You know, you've got the, the the queen of Netherlands out pushing transhumanism on children in the schools. You can see her on video doing it.
0: You know, it, it's just like
1: the the, the, the WEF, as they call it in Netherlands, the World Economic Forum is quite powerful in because. Many reasons. One is they do have a lot of money, but they also are playing uh, a replacement game. They've been putting their own people into, for instance, powerful positions in Canada or the United States or Netherlands. Netherlands is sort of a, a hub, you might say, for the World Economic Forum. You know, they've also, you know, Switzerland, which likes to make pretensions of being neutral, is obviously not being neutral. They're, they're housing the globalists. I mean, the globalists are having their parties and their meetings in Switzerland. I mean, we, you know, as new elections come in the United States, hopefully they'll be fair enough and and true enough that uh, there, there will be a, a red wave in the midterms and the presidential elections. But that's a long time away, and uh, anything goes, right? They could start a nuclear war for all we know. I have no idea what they're going to do. And um, but if we do take back the House and the Senate and the Office of the President and a lot of lower level positions, uh, mayors, governors, county commissioners, school boards, you know, grassroots level stuff, uh, we need to make very clear to countries like Switzerland, you're not going to let those guys stay over there and commit genocide and use your country and pretend that you're neutral, because we're not going to let you do it. If they're staying in your country, you need to kick them out. Otherwise, we're going to come get them, right? We're not, we're not going to just let them commit mass murder. We're not going to let them push these death backs across the globe where everybody thinks they're doing the right thing by injecting babies with, with poisons, right? Uh, we need to make it crystal clear that these are crimes against humanity, and there's a way that those people are dealt with, right? Uh, in, but right now, they're the man behind the curtain in the Wizard of Oz. They seem very powerful, and they are because we give them our power. But if the people rise up, which we are increasingly doing, uh, well, it's going to be difficult for the man behind the curtain.
0: Yeah, and mentioning in their little dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, and the vax there was some promising news coming out of uh, Israel today. Apparently, um, they're pushing the the jabs for the the kids uh, and the babies. And uh, apparently, of the close to eight hundred thousand available doses, uh, it's been reported only like less than four hundred parents out of eight hundred thousand. Uh, lined up their kids to you know, so no one's buying it anymore, which is a good sign. And you mentioned uh, you know, World War Three, so that's another globalist theater uh, of war. And all the you know, Pelosi just touched down in uh Taiwan. Uh, so you know, together we we've, we've got Ukraine and and Taiwan, we, we, where we have the conditions now for you know an, another world war. Uh, a number of analysts have said that in order to build back better, you know, the globalists wouldn't mind the global conflict uh just you know as in the past where we've had the world wars which uh you know after that they've they've created institutions of global governance and progressively greater systems of control uh what's sort of your assessment of the whole russia china conflict
1: oh we could easily go into world war three i mean we're arguably in world war three right uh i mean it's just not highly kinetic other than little spots here and there like ukraine right uh, but the potential for a, a really a cataclysmic World War III is quite severe. One thing that we're obviously going into is global famines. Uh, those are very clear. And certainly it, we're slowly going into them right now. This is the sort of fam- famines come in different forms. One type, is I call it, the light switch famine, like happened here in uh, or over in Netherlands in 1944, 45, uh, where the Nazis came in, destroyed a lot of the food uh, distribution and uh, uh, Food facilities, storage, and and then the Dutch were just suddenly in a famine. There was a war going on, obviously World War II, and they had a very cold winter. So they went through at least six very tough months. And then in 1945, and we were the United States was parachuting food in, but not enough. We're doing what we could, but getting airplanes shot down and that sort of thing. Trying to feed the Dutch and fed a bunch of them, but others just died. I mean, we couldn't get enough food to them. And then we attacked. And you know, uh, uh, and 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 push the Nazis out and immediately. Had a lot of food for the Dutch people, uh, and, and maybe twenty thousand actually died. It was quite you know quite serious for this little country, and um, and that's sort of the light switch famine, like on and off, right? Then there's another type, which is the type we're going into now. You just sort of slowly fade into it. It's got a slow flash to bang, right? Like I'm here the BASF chemical plants down the road they manufacture uh you know nitrogen based fertilizer right and nordstream one is operating today at 22 right which is you know basf man ha- they've already cut back on their night on their nitrogen fertilizer production as has the Yara plant and many others around the world and so we're just not going to have we don't have enough fertilizer now the globally right there's there's too many people and not enough chairs for this you know cold cult- nutritional needs, right? So what we're looking at here is the flash to bang is quite slow. Nord Stream down to 22% today. It may go down a much more, but even at this point, there's just not enough fertilizer. So next year, as things are planted, uh, many farmers just won't plant. They'll just, because there's just not going to be enough fertilizer. And others that do won't have enough fertilizer anyway. So next year, the 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 harvest is going to be much smaller there's no way around it at this point and there's too much inertia in the system right and so that flash to bang is very slow so we're talking about this very slow famine that we're going into last time i was in sri lanka it was like plenty of food i mean it's unbelievable amounts of food and that now because of policy globalist policy they went organic and now the and suddenly sri lanka this year is a failed state it went from very well fed because they're using fertilizers and that sort of thing to we're organic now and you may have seen the videos of 10 probably tens of thousands of people storm, literally storming the palace swimming in the president's pool exercising in his gym there's videos that's kind of funny on that level sleeping in his bed you know uh, you know and, and so I mean, the government collapsed. and Not funny on that level. People, you know, quite literally, probably starve to death. And this is the thing about the global famine. We've never had a global famine before. There's, the famines have always been local. So in other words, if there was a big famine this year in Sri Lanka, I mean, normally we can fix that. We send some food over. We're not going to let you starve to death. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that was pretty stupid what you did on your policy, but we ain't going to let you die for it. You know what I mean? It's like, uh We'll just talk bad about you and feed you, you know, but, um, but that's not the way it's going to be because there's just not going to be enough food and these famines are going to keep cropping up. We have droughts in the United States, droughts in Mexico, droughts in Italy and other places. We have uh, 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 fertilizer problems, many sorts of food and distribution problems for food. There's just not going to be enough food globally, right? So if you have a big famine in Somalia, we can help right now. But next year, if you have that big famine, you're on your own. I mean, uh, period. I mean, who's going to feed you? Who's going to feed Somalia when you've got California that needs food? And California, one of our largest food producers, not just the United States, but the world, uh, is under severe drought. This is really serious. But again, normally, if we had a drought, locust, something bad like that we can get by it. Not a big deal. I mean, it is a big deal. The prices may go up and we're going to complain like crazy, but we ain't going to starve. You know what I mean? We'll just, we'll make do, right? because we're a huge food exporter. There's Netherlands where I was just at. It's the second biggest food exporter in the world. There's plenty of food to go around and we have a lot of ships and airplanes and trains and we'll get it squared away. You might be hungry for a week or two, but we're going to get you some food. That's not the way it's going to be in 2023 and 2024. So that's in this. This famines create human osmotic pressure. The human osmotic pressure, the push and pull of migration. The positive pressure is when you have a war, pandemic, famine, that sort of thing. That's positive pressure because it pushes you out. You're like, hey, there's a famine here. I got to punch out. There's a fire. I'm leaving, right? And so the negative pressure is what sucks you in. They have food over there. So positive pressure pushing me out, starvation, negative pressure. I'm going to where the food is, right? The vacuum right and and uh and remember pandemic and famine and war they go together triangle of death if you get one you get the other two every time pandemic famine war pan for war if you get a big famine you're always going to get pandemic and war with no exception they go together it's like a it's like a, a system it's like heat goes with fire right And so if you get a big war, you'll get the other two. If you get a big pandemic, you get the other two. And all of these create human osmotic pressure, right? And so and another thing that's interesting about famine that's important for people to understand is that famine also creates famine. Just like war creates war, fire creates fire until it burns out, right? And pandemic creates pandemic. This is an interesting aspect of these. One of the ways that famine creates famine, you see increasing reports now, uh, farmers like this, uh, person left a comment on my locals today. She said they had a pear tree out there and somebody just robbed all of their pears. Like she said, I've forgotten 400, 600 pounds of pears or something. I don't know. There's a lot of pears. That was their estimate. And she's very, you know, hurt. And she's like, we may just cut the tree down. You know, this is the, how famine creates famine, not that we're in famine yet, but how food crisis, you know, Hunger feeds famine in a strange way, because when you're hungry, there's no crime. You're going to go eat. You'll break into the store and go get some. You got to feed the kids, man. You're not going to be like, oh, well, it's wrong for me to break into that warehouse while my kid's starving. You're going to go get the bolt cutters and you're going to go get in that warehouse or that farmer over there. Hey, I love him and respect the farmers. Child's starving. We're going to go get the food. And so the farmers get robbed, Right. And you can't blame the hungry people for doing it. They're hungry. They're going to do it. You know, they're not criminals. They're just starving. And so, but what effect does this have? What the effect that this have is it makes farmers go bankrupt or they just stop planting. Right. And so now you, this is how famine creates famine or hunger, create feeds famine. You might say, because so that first season, you kind of slowly go into it. The hunger picks up and then you and me. Men, we're like, we gotta feed the family, man. Let's get together. There's a grain storage over there. Go get your horse. I got a wagon. We're gonna go get some tonight. And then we go get it. And then everybody does it. And then the, the, the companies that do the, the grain distribution stop doing it or they sit in the army and shoot us next time, right? And we start robbing trains, we start robbing boats, we start robbing trucks, we start robbing the farms, and now we're killing our own food supply. So now that second season it really gets big right that because that's why you're kind of gradually going into this so the 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 conditions create more conditions and then finally at some point usually more than two years most families don't most most serious families don't last for more than about two years but a lot of them do last three four five seven ten years just depends right um and you know this one i think i don't know we'll have to see but i think it'll last at least several years uh, but the question is, where is it going to be at and who's going to get hit? Now, one of the things about famine, for those who've studied famine, you'll know, you know, I, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll warn my friends about this. They'll, oh, I live I live around farms. It's not a big deal around here. So That's not how this works. In Ann province, for instance, in China, during Mao's Great Famine, that was one of the biggest food producing provinces in all of China. And that was where some of the worst famine was, right? And likewise, in the Irish potato blight, I mean, some of the most food productive places end up with some of the worst famine. That's just not how it works. I mean, it's not just like, it, it, it's a complex, how how these famines unfold, it can be pretty unpredictable, right? Uh, one of the things that always happens is price controls. So watch for price controls. We see Panama just put price controls on about 75 items within the last about six or seven days, right? And, and including fuel, right? price controls are a harbinger of famine. Uh, when you see price controls being put in place, and the price controls are a Band-Aid on a gunshot. I mean, hey, it stopped the bleeding for 10 seconds, right? It's, it's still going, right? And so it gets worse and worse and worse. When you do price controls, what happens to the farmers? Some of the farmers are like, yeah, price controls, so I have to sell my milk. You know one penny per liter or whatever you know this this kind of stuff has happened in the past farmers just start pouring out their milk you know the, and, and 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 they stop producing it. they kill the dairy cow right they just stop and then again you know the that's again that's where these price controls backfire but they're a temporary stopgap. the government's like yeah okay we're doing price controls so you know we've extended our life by a month you know what i mean but we've made the problems worse so when we do die, it's going to be a harder crash. And so uh, so price controls uh, and then the governments start taking the food directly from the farmers. They start forcing farmers as they're doing in Egypt now to sell only to uh, sort of or you know, uh, approved uh, either the government or approved warehouses, you know, which obviously this always becomes corrupt uh, if it didn't start corrupt to begin with. and. Um, you know, and, th- and then you have the corruption of famine. You know, but the, the bottom line is is famine creates famine. It destroys your ability to produce and distribute the food, right? And so that's what that's what we see building right now is these conditions for tremendous global famine. Uh, some places will probably won't be very much affected, uh, but what will those places be? I don't know, because the government will come, United States Army will come, and force farmers to give up their stuff, right? Or the Panamanians or the Mexicans, right? If you're the government of Mexico and you've got millions of people hitting the streets because they're hungry and you got all these farmers over here that are selling their produce to the United States or something, what are you going to do? You're going to close the border and you're going to say, hey, you got to give this food to Mexicans. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, the farmers are like, hey, I'm not making any money anymore. And the farmers are like, okay, we're not planting anymore. That's how these things go out of, They go from out of control to out of control and on fire. You know what I mean? It just gets worse and worse and worse. You know, farmers that would have been selling it up in Texas suddenly have to sell south into Mexico, which definitely makes sense. You want your Mexican compatriots to starve to death. But at the same time, you're going to make it worse because the farmers will just stop farming. Because that's what always happens. This isn't like me thinking this stuff up and imagining it. I read book after book after book on famine, right, and war. You know, I'm a war correspondent. I go to wars a lot, right? I mean, this, this is just this is just the way it goes. Smokes make heat, and I mean, fires make heat and smoke. You know, it's like it's not really a prediction. You know what I mean? It's like you you start a forest fire, there's going to be smoke. I'm not predicting there's going to be smoke. I mean, I guess I am. There could be a smokeless forest fire, but you know, if you have, but if you have a you know maybe in somebody's imagination. But likewise, when it comes to famine, the farmers get robbed and the farmers stop farming and then it gets worse. And one of the robbers is always the government. Right. So that's what we're looking at here. Um, So how do you avert this? This is we're we're clearly going into famines. The question is, how big are we going to allow them to get the BASF plant, the fertilizer plants right down the road for me? They're still making some fertilizer, although their natural gas storage is draining. And the BASF chemical plant is talking about openly, they've been in the news about four days ago, saying that uh, they may start selling their natural gas back to the German grid so that the German population has um, heat this winter, right? Okay, perfect. You get through the winter, you didn't actually all freeze to death. And now there's no fertilizer, right? That's how this goes. (laughs) You know, there's no easy way out, and 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 it never had to be like this. We didn't have to get to this position, but through methodical, step by step, insanity, stupidity, or intent, or whatever it was, Trump was warning that love or hate Trump. Trump specifically sat at the table. You can see it on YouTube. Look on YouTube, like Trump warns about natural gas, Russia, Germany, and you can see Trump at the table with all these European leaders. German sit right across from him, and he's like, "What are you doing? Getting your getting your energy from Russia, your enemy?" And the German guy's like, "No, we shall all cooperate and find the ways or something." Just watch the video. You're like, "Are you out of your mind? You got a coconut head?" You know what I mean? It's just like, and, and now here we are. We're at exactly that Nord Stream two today. Nord Stream 1, Nord Stream 2 is not online. Nord Stream 1 today is at 22%. They're going to run out. Meanwhile, the 20 to 27 nations of the EU, the, you know, the EU leadership is saying you're across the board and countries like Spain are like, nope, we're not going to do it. Why would we cut our industry by 15% and make our people angry when you didn't give us any say on what you do in Ukraine. See the idiotic Ukrainian flags all over the place. Everybody's like, this hotel I'm standing in is filled with Ukrainians, by the way, in Germany. So, I mean, I don't have anything Ukrainians. But this whole war thing was, like, really insane. You know what I mean? And, and it wasn't just Russia woke up one day and invaded Ukraine. There was a lot of provoca- provocation. I was warning about it last year. When I was in Lithuania, we were clearly – look, Russia expands. They made the Soviet Union – there's some hardcore people that have done some massive criminality. At the same time, we were provoking this by, you know, Ukraine, let's join NATO. Let's put it like this. I love Canada, but I over Canada. I love Canadians, right? But if Canada starts letting China station, you know, 200,000 Chinese troops in Canada, I'm going to be like, uh, okay, you need to get rid of those Chinese troops. If you don't, we're going to get rid of them for you. And we'll just get rid of your sovereignty while we're at it because we can you know what i mean and, and and that's what russia's doing russia was very clear we would rather see ukraine in rubble than have it a nato nation and look at it from the russian perspective first of all putin is standing up to the globalist separately but related uh but would you if you were putin because russia has been invaded and victimized themselves quite a lot they are. Uh, uh, they're both things. Sometimes they're the victimizer, sometimes they're the victim. And, and and they've been invaded and they've invaded out. There's a reason why they want their quote-unquote labens around, right? And if we're starting to put NATO, a NATO, another NATO country on their doorstep, you know, like the Baltics, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, right? Uh, you know, and just slowly encroaching on them. Hey, I mean, what would you do? I mean, Putin has been utterly clear if before Ukraine is a NATO country, I'd re- rather just see it gone. And that's what's happening. So, I mean, there was, it wasn't just Putin. It was it was the system, right? Like right now, going on with Taiwan, China. I love Taiwan. Been there. I like the people. I'd take a bunch of them as, as actual migrants. I'd take 100,000 of them, bring them to America. They work hard, good family people, very low crime. I like them. and. Uh, But at the same time, this between China and the United States and the rest, we're just we're itching for a war. You know, you see Pelosi landing today. Um, Does she even know where she's at or she drunk again? I have no idea. Yeah, that was ad hominem. But let's face it. She's a drunk. Let's face it. Biden's got some form of dementia. His son is a is a a operational security drug addict nightmare, uh, highly corrupt family. This is the kind of basically monkeys that are running the cockpit, right? And, and so we've got these kind, we've got thermonuclear weapons. We've got thousands of atomic and hydrogen bombs that are run by monkeys, right? And, and China is obviously I mean, we're just provoking each other. You know we're, we're basically right on the edge of World War III, while Europe is on the edge of a famine. Not right now, there's plenty of food. I was just at a restaurant down there. You can get what you want, you know. If you want an eggs benedict, that's what I got. It's there, you know. But what's it gonna be like in, in January of 2024 when we get to 18 months from now? Yeah. Unless Russia says, okay, you can have all that gas. Or suddenly we had an explosion down in Texas about what maybe five weeks ago or so now. And uh remember that Texas explosion at the uh at the at the port? I mean, that's where our LNG, the liquid natural gas, was being loaded into ships and sent to Europe. And much of that liquid natural gas was making up at least some of the shortfall from Nord Stream 1 being cut, right? And there was an explosion. So, and suddenly that's cut off, right? Uh, that's why Americans are like, hey, our natural gas prices just dropped." You, know, you know why they just dropped? Because Germany's not getting it, right? Because we can't export it now through that port. So it's good for us. Suddenly your natural gas prices drop, but not for here. And remember, we as much as we can be against the globalists, which I am. We are a global economy. Period. Uh, our our uh, global our defense networks, such as NATO, which is essentially useless. I watched them fight for two or not fight for two years in Afghanistan. You know, they just like NATO can't tie its shoe. You know, and 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 and. But we are global, is what I'm getting to. We we do we. Our economies. If if Germany, if Germany collapses, which it looks like it'll probably do, uh, if if it doesn't have the energy, it's going to collapse. Period. It's just like you're just being it's cutting your carotid artery. Nord Stream One is this artery, right? If it's cut, you're dead, right? It's like it's that simple, right? And that means the other 27 nations in the EU. Well, the EU will fall apart, right? And many of those, well, that are dependent on German uh, uh, strong economy, well, they're not going to be. Twelve of the countries in the EU right now are saying we're not going to to share in the burden of cutting our, our usage of natural gas by 15%. But look how this plays out. Spain, they've got good reasons for it. Like, why would we do it? You don't even give us a, 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 a seat at the table in deciding what to do with Ukraine. You just did it. And, you know, Germany's like, well, of course we just did it. We are Germany, you know, and uh, and Spain's like, well, okay, you just did it. We're just going to keep running our factories, right? And so, but when you think about it though, in the long game, if Germany collapses, Spain goes too. We call them the pigs nation, uh, uh, pigs, Portugal, Italy, Greece, Spain. That's how, how you can remember those four lowest fruit on the economic totem pole of the EU. Uh, for years, I thought, Probably Greece would probably be the first to fall off the tree. It looks like it may be Italy, right but one of those countries when you see that low fruit falling off the tree, the EU is not long right but so Italy is already they as you see they've they've had some serious problems in the last two weeks and um but Germany the kill shot again, their arteries are mostly cut it's a, it's a clogged artery and so Italy so Germany itself may be. Uh, when By the time we get into uh, January or February, is that, that's when it looks like Germany will probably run out of gas at the current rates, at the current burn rates and the current replenishment rates will probably run out in January or February, height of the winter. And this place is cold, very cold. So imagine so many homes with no heating, frozen pipes, no water. I mean, it's a big, big deal. Right, and um, and and uh, and then comes springtime. Need fertilizer. Need feed for the cattle. Famine creates famine, and you know people will start robbing. They're already. I'm seeing reports. I warned them in 2016. You're bringing millions of people into your country, and guess what? I spend most of my life in their countries. More than half my life, I've been spending in other countries outside the United States. Right? I'm constantly all over the world. Right? And I, I told them they will steal even if you don't have a food shortage they will steal the food from your farms they'll just do it because it's cheap and and that's what they do in their countries where i spend most of my life right and that's why you have farmers out in a lot of countries like killing people in their fields and stuff right you know it's like you know they're out there with a shotgun guarding their watermelons at night or whatever right and that's what it's going to come down to now like again somebody on my locals page leaving the comment that all the pears got stolen off of a tree. Now they might chop the tree down. You know, they're so upset about it.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you know,
1: it, it, yeah. it, it, when you think about it, if we thought, if we prepared for this in the past, we would have had people planting fruit trees and all kinds of stuff all over the place. Instead of beautiful trees, it would be beautiful fruit trees, right? Why, why, why haven't people done that all over the world? It's like every every home that can have a fruit tree, why not have one, you know? I mean, if everybody's got one, then that's a big deal, right? If, if, if everybody's got a tiny little garden, it's a big deal. That adds up. You might not be able to completely feed your family with the garden. You won't be able to, unless you've got a pretty sizable one. But if most people have one, it takes a lot of stress off the system. You know, anyway, I'll go on for days about that. There's a reason for that. The wicked, wicked V. Filburn, for instance, yeah. which is a, needs to be something else that gets overthrown in the Supreme court prevents a lot of people from growing their own stuff at home. You know, they, yeah. they, they do the same in different here, here in Germany. Can you believe it? They need firewood. So people are out collecting. No, you're not allowed to collect firewood. If you go into the forest to collect your own firewood, you're put in jail, man, you got to hire a specialist. This is Germany. You probably, they probably got some, you know, diploma, firewood diploma or something. You know, you, you have to actually hire a specialist company to go collect your wood for you in the forest. Right. And so, there's a long list now, waiting list for people because people see this cold winter is coming, and most people don't have chimneys. By the way, in the villages they may have chimneys, but I'm I'm in Monheim now. I see some chimneys on a lot of the homes out here, but many you know many of the people are not going to be able to. They're not going to be able to heat their homes with firewood. You know it, it, it's, that's that's another interesting thing. Whether it's coal or firewood or whatever, you know they, they've been doing this green. There's there's giant you know windmills all over the place which are highly not cost effective and uh you know it's a huge virtue signaling you know with these ugly giant windmill it looks like aliens have invaded uh and, but now they're about to be these these chimneys are going to be pumping out a lot of smoke this year have you ever been in one of these east block well this isn't an east block country this is west, G- west germany uh, but i when i used to spend a lot of time in the eastern countries like poland East Germany it was east germany czechoslovakia romania man in the winter time it was nasty i mean if you brushed up against a car your your sleeve would be just covered in soot because you know the nasty acridness from the air everybody's burning coal and wood and everything so all these thousands of chimneys that are here they're gonna be pumping out smoke and remember these are the green people that are like no more nuclear plants you know uh you know, everything has to be. Yeah. OK. Now you can put your virtue where your uh, your down uh, sweater is, your down jacket, because, you know, this winter, you know, how 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 cold are they going to let the houses be? I think you start seeing your breath at about what depends on the humidity, but maybe uh, 16 or, or so degrees. Uh, I don't of Celsius. At what temperature do you start seeing your breath? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to let it, they don't want to get it below the fog line. If, it, if every breath that you exhale, you're seeing your own fog in your own home and, you you know, and, and your whole family's crying. You're probably going to go burn down the palace, you know,
0: Yeah, I spent to, to I spent, stay warm. I spent three years in, in Kazakhstan and in former Soviet Union, and they had, as you said, the mm-hmm. you could actually see, uh, you mean, know what I mean? Yeah, I, you, I knew very well. You could see the, the ground was uh, not white, but gray or Black. And so since 2020, as you, as you kind of laid it out, war, we're facing pandemic, war, uh, and famine. And since 2020, when COVID started, I was talking about like we're in the 1930s again, seriously, no joke, uh, where we saw, you know, the pandemic, economic collapse, the rise of authoritarianism, and mili- military conflict. And I think that's kind of what you sort of laid out here. And um, as you said, we're seeing Sri Lanka fall, Panama, Malawi. Uh, so I think this is another aspect of what's going on these global civil wars. Uh, you know, social unrest and the collapse of governments and institutions. And, and you know, may, maybe that's why they're they're pushing bug burgers and cannibalism. You know, the New York Times was talking about cannibalism. But, uh, you know, I, I, from listening to you, I, I, I get that your biggest concern, rightfully so, would be uh, this famine that's coming. And I don't know if you have any other uh, thought or, or final thought uh, for us.
1: Oh, cannibalism, you see the New York Times and others have been floating this for a while, but in every famine that I've ever studied, there's always cannibalism. I mean, that's like, I, I just did an interview with uh, Daily Wire, and they asked about that and said, you know, it was kind of, uh, just before I came on with you, I was on with Daily Wire. And they you were know, asking, you know, saying that was kind of, an, I don't know, inflammatory or whatever I was saying, because I'd published it on Locals, that I would expect cannibalism. Um, because again, cannibalism goes with famine, just like hunger goes with famine, you know what I mean? It's just a byproduct, and it happens in all famines. You're just going to get it, period. And so, I mean, it's all over the Bible. I mean, look how, just look up cannibalism in the Bible and see how many hits you get there. You know, look it up. I've done it. You're like, wow, it, they talk about it quite a lot. And, and, and every book that I've read on famine, uh, there's always, it just happens. So cannibalism uh, is just part of it. Um, and um, is it inflammatory? Is it true? You know what I mean? It's true. It's just what happens, right? And you know, my a Dutch uh man told me last week he's like Dutch will never do this. I'm like, yeah, they will. Didn't you ever read about <laughs> the Hunger Winter? And he's like, well, no one did this in the Hunger Winter. I'm like, yes they did. You know, <laughs> it's it's in your own history books which I've read. I mean, it just happens, you know? And keep in mind, not everybody's got the ultimate discipline or the same value structures, right? all these people out, insane people or people that are on drugs, guess what? They get hungry. They're going to be like, there's a reason why in the Pacific, they call human meat, long pig, right? They call it long pig because they say it tastes like pork. Right. So, I mean, people, people have been eating people since the edge of time. They still do it. I mean, in, in Africa, they're eating pygmies all the time. And and uh, look up pygmy eating and. United Nations getting involved to save the pygmies in in Congo, right? Or, or eating albinos and this sort of thing. So, I mean, a lot of cultures still just do it. And then when people get hungry, yeah, it'll happen. I mean, not to be inflammatory or keep you up at night, but I mean, the the bottom line is, is, um, you know, you're going to have to defend yourself, you know? Actually, one of the Dutch, one of the, a Dutch man, I was reading about the Hunger Ventures, the hunger one in 1944, 45, and he was very clear. He's like, he said he had a rifle. He said, but it wasn't enough because they all had rifles too, right? And, 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 and there's marauding gangs that form and the gangs that can form now they're calling, they call them wolf preppers. Now people that are like, my preparation is my rifle, right? I'm just going to go steal from the people that have food. Which I'm sure is going to work for a certain amount of time, right, until you get flat blasted, especially in America where so many people have guns. But but the way that they, you know, people will typically form into gangs and, um, you know, it makes it hard to defend, right? But, yeah, the, 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 one of the guys in the Hunger Venture talked about that. Interesting, too, about in famines, like uh, in, in, in Mao's Great Famine, which is a book on famine I read, a lot of people started carrying spoons around. And when you, when you hear about, when, when you read about the Dutch famine, you'll see uh, people talking about, and we started to carry spoons around, which is interesting because when I was in the army, I was in special forces and a lot of times we were pretty hungry, man. I mean, seriously, you hear a bo- dog bark. You're like, I love dogs and all. I grew up with dogs, but all of a sudden I'm thinking, man, I'm going to go full Korean here. You know what I mean? It's like, I, 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 you know, once you get super hungry, you're like, I'm ready to broach the topic on the dogs, you know, And but I, but we would carry spoons around. You'd always have a spoon in your pocket. Yeah. You, know, you didn't want to have, you didn't want to not have a spoon. It's interesting though, is that that was, you know, my younger days in special forces were hungry a lot. And then, you know, reading and studying famines as I get older and I'm saying, wow, the whole spoon thing is not, you know, other cultures do the same thing. They start carrying whatever, probably in, in china it's probably chopsticks i don't know but you know ready to eat
0: yeah uh, well we're in for quite the ride uh and where would be uh, i mean your work is fantastic uh, and people can find you at michael as well as at locals uh, michael uh you know are there any other good websites uh, uh that uh, we need to know about i'll include all the links in the description and how can people uh support you
1: uh, on locals. Actually, I've done, all of my work has been reader supported since, uh, 2005 or actually 2004, but I was the only supporter in 2004 and until mid 2005, and I put up a PayPal, PayPal button and it was actually effective. So that's how I've retained independence. That's why I can talk about stuff like this and I can just say, Hey, I'm going to go to Mannheim. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and I don't have to ask an editor or stay within the bounds or, you talked about cannibalism, you're fired. You know what I mean? It's like, let's face it, buddy. War correspondent work is what I do. And if you have a famine, if you have a big war, you're going to have famine. You're just going to have cannibalism. You know, it's just like the way it goes. And um, and so, but yeah, on locals.com or Michael, on Getter, it's Michael Yon 1776. Michael Yon 1776. And on and I have a website, Michael Jan, uh, com as well but I, I publish on locals every day locals.com
0: yeah i uh, uh, i got banned from i got taken off of paypal uh, my guess is by the dhs th- uh, a couple months ago so i'll find uh, what'd you do or wh-
1: uh, what did do- you do what did they do
0: no it was the same week they rolled out the disinformation governance board uh, and so they took down consortium news mint press uh and, and myself i guess they, they viewed us as threats but I'll, I'll find one way or another to to drop you uh, a donation and i hope uh again others support your work uh, all the links will be in the description and subscribe to Michael's uh, socials uh, and again thank you for being on geopolitics empire
1: wow they took they took you off of paypal well wow. i've heard other people say that
0: and yeah, then suddenly
1: that it, there's like you're you're a danger to society
0: it's happening more yeah. and more so i mean this is the this is the way things are going i guess people being being put on no-fly lists uh, and and so on for doing nothing just for having conversations so
1: yeah that's authority it's the mark of the beast man it's uh it's i call it the beast let's face it i mean it is it's the beast
0: yeah well i mean uh, just maybe to get your final thought on that i didn't ask about it That, but this is always one of my questions where i i feel that this mark of the beast system is uh coming uh being constructed before our eyes which is this the vaccine digital passport which is the digital id which is the social credit system because if this is put in place uh, You know, you, we saw in the last few years, you were not able to work, you're not able to travel, even in some places Go into the supermarket. There was one state in, in Mexico called Flaxcala, where they said, you know, you, across the board, you couldn't go anywhere without the vex, uh, even in the public park, like you couldn't go out into nature. Uh, uh And so, I mean, just, just, just your final thought on that. For me, that's also one of the uh, one of our biggest threats.
1: Yeah, I see people in the in the local bus down here on the street and here in Germany most of them wearing masks. Now, these are supposed to be educated people, right? Don't get me wrong. In early 2020, I was wearing a mask. I was one of the very first people saying you should wear a mask, but I was wrong. But at that time, I didn't know that. That was January 2020, right? And back then, you would get blocked from social media for saying it was a pandemic. And I was saying it was a pandemic in January, February, March, April, all the way through. And then... uh, and then at some point, you're like, wait a minute, something's wrong here. They're lying to us. Uh, I mean, there is something going on. Uh, but it's not what they say. It's obviously a pandemic, right? And so um, but you know, back back then, they were literally blocking people for calling a pandemic. And I was wearing a mask. And they're like, no need to wear a mask. I'm like, you're crazy. I'm wearing a mask. And then later on, you're like, you got to wear the mask. I'm like, and there was some overlap. And I was like, yeah, I think you should wear a mask. And then finally, as it went on and on and on, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I was just wrong. The hell with this mask. I stopped wearing it, right? And so, but now there's still these, I mean, this is, this is August 2022, man. People still wearing masks all over the place here. And this is Germany, man. I, Germans, man. I, I love Germany. I lived here for four years. Let's face it; they are easy to get all going in the same direction. You know what I mean? They've got that. I don't know; it's a tribal thing or something. The German tribes, you know, they they, they like to look at themselves as as free thinkers, but they're kind of they're even less free thinking than we are, right? Um, Very smart people, but easily herded uh, and 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 rounded up to jump off a cliff. Now that said. Let's be clear, they are having a lot of protests in Germany. People stand up, farmers standing up. The the people having a Monday march, they call it a Montag uh, Spaziergang, I think is what they're calling it, Monday Walk for Freedom. I think it's like Montag Spaziergang for Freiheit or something like that, Monday Walk for Freedom or something. And they're quite big and they're happening all over Germany. So I don't want to paint with a, there's a reason why I always liked Germany and respected Germans. But we also have to recognize our own weaknesses and the weaknesses in our allies as well. And some are just easily, really easily hurted because that German, a, a deep German mentality is one of sort of socialism. Let's face it. This is the birthplace of you know, the German inkwell was the birthplace of communism. You know? <laughs> and so, um, you know, but I, I think that's a probably a product of, well, not let's not get philosophical. We'll save that for another time. But but yeah, I mean. Germany gonna have a cold winter. I'm looking at these chimneys now. I don't see any smoke coming out of them. Yeah, I see some solar. I see some solar panels. Not much sun. <laughs>
0: yeah, but yeah, just going back to the mask comments in Mexico. I couldn't believe how many people went uh, in lockstep. And here in Croatia, I've not seen the mask uh, anywhere in the airport or, or anywhere. And so I might extend my time uh, here in Croatia. And again, you do fantastic work, and I hope uh, pe- more people. Uh, Thank you follow you and, uh, and support you. And again, thank you for being, Donke, for being a
1: general Oh uh, uh, uh Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Maybe I'll see you down in Croatia. I don't know. If I can't get on an airplane back to America, you know, it's a European vacation at this point. <laughs> but <laughs> I wouldn't want to be stuck in Europe, though, in a famine. You know, I got to get out of here somewhere. If they, if they close air travel, I can figure it out. I can figure these things out. But, but most people aren't going to be able to do it. Most people aren't going to be able to be, like, climbing up the boat anchor chain to get onto a boat and hide in the boat and get over to America. You know, I'll do it.
0: <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this Geopolitics and Empire podcast. The website is geopoliticsandempire.com. And I encourage you to sign up for the free email list that goes out with each podcast and every weekend with a collection of news headlines. The newsletter and website are our last lines of defense. We're being censored and deplatformed. It's nearly impossible to find geopolitics and empire on the Google search engine. We've been blacklisted. YouTube frequently takes down our videos with strikes. Facebook restricts our page. Reddit and Twitter take down posts. And after the Associated Press mentioned geopolitics and empire in a 2021 article co-written with NATO, our Patreon account was terminated. Vimeo also terminated our pro account. The best free way to help geopolitics and empire is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or elsewhere and subscribe to all of our media channels. You can find the video broadcast now on five platforms, Odyssey, Rockfin, Rumble, Bitshoot, and Brighteon. You can find the audio broadcast on the podcast ecosystem, SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, and so on. My current favorite social media channels are Twitter and Telegram, but you can also find us on Gab, MeWe, Minds, Float, VK, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn.